the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Sponsored by the Law Office of Robert Bergman. Welcome to Plan Your Estate Radio with your host, San Jose Estate Planning Attorney Bob Bergman. Bob's been practicing law for over 30 years and is certified by the State Bar of California as a legal specialist in estate planning trust and probate law. Bob is here to help you set your house in order with valuable insights you can use today to prepare a better tomorrow for your loved ones. And now your host for Plan Your Estate Radio, Attorney Bob Bergman. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. This is estate planning attorney Bob Bergman and Plan Your Estate Radio. I'd like to start my broadcast today, which, by the way, is live from my office in San Jose near the Westgate Shopping Center and the El Paseo Shopping Center in San Jose, West San Jose, actually. And I want to start first by um, drawing attention to and and at least talking a bit about uh, what happened earlier today in Santa Fe, Texas. Um, we've all heard by this time about the sh- school shooting. A young man, 17 years of age, according to the reports, he used a shotgun and a revolver to shoot and kill so far uh, 10 people and wound 10 others. And uh, apparently he was also interested in maybe blowing some people up. Um, I just want to to have a moment of silence on my show here as we lift up those families in Santa Fe, Texas, who have lost uh, loved ones, who have loved ones who died, loved ones who were injured, and ask that we all pray for them. So I'm just going to take a moment here while we do that. Okay. Now, as I mentioned, I'm actually broadcasting live from my uh, from my office in San Jose. This is a, a first for me. Uh, last week, I broadcast live on the air for the very first time in my life, which is not exactly a young life anymore. Uh, and this is the first time I am broadcasting live from my office. So I want to let you know I would like to take calls today. I'm going to give out the number now, give it out a couple more times this segment, maybe the beginning of the next segment, but after that, um, I'll only give it out if I'm getting people actually calling into the show. It's 800-516-1220, like the station, AM 1220, 800-516-1220. You can also feel free to email me at planyourestateradio, that's all one word, at gmail.com with your questions or comments. I'll be happy to uh, look at your questions that come in and answer them on the air if I think I can give you an answer right away. Otherwise, I'll be happy to reply back to you and give you an answer off the air, which uh, maybe might be shared uh, later on on the air at some point in the future. 
Now, I thought what I'd talk about today is kind of the general area of estate planning and and why do estate planning. I, I have a lot of people that come to my seminars. Maybe they come and sit down for a consultation with me, and they say, Bob, why do we need to do estate planning at all? What, what, I mean, look, you know, we're a married couple. Something happens to one of us. Everything goes to the other. Something happens to the survivor. All goes to the kids. It's real easy, right? I mean, it's uh, it, it just kind of works automatically. Aren't there laws that cover that? Well, let me talk about a few assumptions that people make um, that actually directly impact estate planning. First of all, there are those that believe they will live forever. Now, we all know people like that. You might be a person like that. I know that when I was young, uh, in my late teens, early 20s, and this is kind of true as a general rule, you think you're immortal at that time. Uh, you think that um, you're facing the world and and uh, you're going to live forever. And the idea that someday you might actually pass away well, that is distant. That's what happens to to grandparents and great-grandparents. That's what happens uh, later on to, to parents and to aunts and uncles. It doesn't actually happen to us, right? Well, that's the first thing. No one's going to live forever. I'm going to let you in on a, a little secret that's not much of a secret. We come into this life and we live, and none of us are getting out alive. That's just a fact. For me, that realization went from a head knowledge, meaning I knew intellectually I'm going to die someday, to a heart knowledge not that long ago when I suddenly thought to myself, what if something happens to me? Who's going to take care of my kids? What's going to happen to my kids? Uh, you may know that I actually have twin daughters who are 10 years old. I'm an older dad, which means that it's extra special concern to me because I know that I'm not going to be able to be around as long as I'd like to be for my daughters. So that's the first thing. I'm not going to live forever, but I'm going to do the best I can with the time that I've been given to live on this earth. Now, there's a second group of people who may include the first group that think they'll never be disabled at any time. In other words, you'll never become incapacitated. The fact of the matter is that surveys show that once you pass a certain age, which is pretty much age 65, 7 out of 10 of us are going to spend some time in long-term care, in a nursing home. 7 out of 10. The other 3 are either going to live uh, long lives and never actually go into a nursing home and die in their old age uh, in their sleep, or they're just going to die suddenly. They're going to die in an accident. They're going to die from a heart attack or stroke. And they're never going to actually get a chance to go into a nursing home. Uh, in the case of both of my parents, my my father spent exactly two weeks in a nursing home when his condition deteriorated to the point where they transported him to, to the hospital. And he basically died in the hospital within 24 hours. My mother never went into a nursing home. She went straight into the hospital not feeling well, had a stroke in the hospital, went into a coma, and passed away a couple days later. Now, I don't know about you, but 
all things considered, I would rather go quickly rather than have it be long and drawn out in a nursing home. But you know what? We don't necessarily put ourselves in a position where we can make that choice. A lot of people believe they'll never require long-term care at any time. But as I already pointed out, there are about 7 out of 10 people after a certain age probably going to need it. A lot of people think they'll never need somebody else to make medical decisions for them. Things like what kind of treatment to receive or whether you should have this operation or not have this operation or get chemotherapy or not chemotherapy or whatever it happens to be. Another group of people make assumptions that the estate tax laws, the federal wealth transfer tax laws, won't apply to them. Now, it is true that with the current high federal estate tax exclusion amount, which right now is $11,180,000 per eligible person dying here in the United States, that's a very high number. And the vast majority of individuals and married couples, for that example, um, for example, um, really don't have anywhere near that amount. So they're not worried about the estate tax laws. But I'll tell you, I remember a time when the exclusion was $200,000, just $200,000. That's back when the exclusions first went into effect in the early 1980s. And uh, for about 11 years, it was only $600,000. And here in the Bay Area, with property values the way they are, retirement plans, life insurance, investments, very easy to breach that amount. What we don't know is we don't know whether or not federal estate tax laws are going to change in the future and make our states today that don't actually have uh, a taxable issue, make them taxable estates in the future. And then there's the group of people that say, hey, I don't need to plan today because I can always do it tomorrow. Well, as we know, sometimes tomorrow doesn't come. So I'll get back to you after the break. This is attorney Bob Bergman. Got a question for Bob? Call now, 800-516-1220. And stick around for more estate planning radio on AM 1220 KDOW. Hi, Attorney Bob Bergman back with Plan Your State Radio. Um, Before the break, I was talking a little bit about assumptions that people have in reference to estate planning. And uh, now I think I'll talk a little bit about what I hear all the time in my offices, and even people call me and talk to me on the telephone, and they say, you know what, I don't need to do any estate planning. I mean, I, I'm i not wealthy. Uh, all I have is I have a house and I've got a small 401k plan and some money in the bank, and, um, you know, why do I need to do planning? I mean, only wealthy people who have actual estates need to do estate planning. Others will say, well, look, I'm married. I I pass away. Everything will just go to my wife or my husband, and and uh, they'll inherit all my property, and there won't be any tax owing on it, and they'll be able to handle things, and you know, why do I need to do any kind of planning? Well, here's some questions to ask yourself um, that may actually uh, give more illumination or make it clear why estate planning actually makes sense to do. First of all, um, 
are you expecting to live longer than you're living right now? In other words, do you expect to be around for a number of years? If the answer to that is yes, and and you're not terminally ill and given 24 hours to live, then you need to do planning because a lot of things can happen between now and the day that you die. Um, main thing, becoming incapacitated along the way and now having all kinds of issues that have to be dealt with by your family or other people who um, who you consider to be your family or that care for you. Now, do you have children? And if you have children, do you have children from more than one relationship? Whether it was uh, out of marriage or whether it was in marriage or in a domestic partnership, um, does your partner or spouse have children as well uh, that are not from your relationship with them? Do they have other relationships over there where they had children? I mean, I've had people come into my office where they have his kids, her kids, their kids, and sometimes his kids are from two different previous wives. I mean, those can be very, very complicated situations and they need to be sorted out and they re really can only be sorted out through focused, comprehensive estate planning. Um, kind of tied with that, if you've been married more than one time, what kind of relationship do you have with the previous spouse? Are there agreements with the previous spouse, like a settlement agreement? Or uh, or do you have obligations to pay support for a previous spouse? These are important issues that need to be dealt with in a plan. Kind of in general, what are your hopes and dreams for you and your family? And, and what have you done so far to date to assure that those hopes and dreams are actually achieved, whether it's during your lifetime or after you're gone. Are you prepared right now for a major catastrophic event in your life? Are you prepared for an accident or an illness or, or uh, something along those lines? And if that's the case, have you protected your assets in the event you need long-term care, if you need to go into a nursing home. One of the, the common fallacies about planning for what we call Medi-Cal, which is the Medicaid program here in California, it's a federal program, originally started to provide benefits for people to go into nursing homes so that the cost of nursing home could be paid by the government. It's been expanded or stretched with a rubber band to now include pretty much any family that receives government benefits such as SSI or Section 8 housing. People who, who qualify as being low income often qualify for Medi-Cal as well. But one of the fallacies is, is that in order to qualify for Medi-Cal, you have to basically own nothing. And then there are those that have substantial assets who think they don't need to plan for um, Medi-Cal. But really, it's the in-between, the family that has the house, maybe several hundred thousand dollars of investment, but they're not wealthy. They have maybe a one, two, three million dollar estate, and they think, you know, well, 
I don't need to plan for Medi-Cal. Um, I can't qualify for Medi-Cal. Well, I'm going to tell you right now, without going into a lot of detail on the show today, that families like that can and do qualify for Medi-Cal um, all the time, as long as you work with somebody that knows how to help the family and do it properly so that it doesn't violate the law and also make sure to preserve as much as possible of the estate for the family. There's a lot of tools available to plan. And I'll tell you, if you're in that middle wealth state and with cost of nursing homes being eight to nine, maybe $10,000 a month, how long would it take for those hundreds of thousands of dollars in the bank to be reduced by half or down to zero? Maybe not as long as you think. Now, another question is, without planning, do you want your estate to actually end up going through the probate process here in California? A lot of people are completely unfamiliar with probate. They, they've heard of it before, and they say, you know, well, you know, it doesn't sound like such a big deal. And I'll tell you, in some parts of the country, probate is not such a big deal. It's very straightforward. It doesn't take a long time. It's not really expensive. Those places are not the state of California. California has one of the most complicated, expensive, time-consuming, and completely public probate process in the country, maybe the most in all of those categories. And so avoiding probate is actually an important reason to do estate planning. That combined with avoiding conservatorship, which is going to the court and having somebody put in charge of you and your property and making all the decisions for you. You would probably prefer putting somebody else in charge that you've selected ahead of time to handle those things for you. And the last question I'd ask is, if you haven't done anything so far, how are you going to protect your family in the future and protect your property, real property and personal property, that you're going to pass on to your family? Well, the short answer is you need to do estate planning. And when I come back after the break, I'm going to go into a little more deal, uh, detail rather, about the types of estate planning that's available and talk about a few other things going forward. But let me just start first by saying that the primary function of estate planning, in my mind, is to give you peace of mind so that you know that you have a plan in place and that you're going to protect you and your spouse and your family and your assets from being lost or spent unnecessarily. So when I come back after the break, we'll continue on further with the discussion of estate planning. Until then, this is Attorney Bob Bergman. Now, back to Plan Your Estate Radio with attorney Bob. Hi, welcome back. Attorney Bob Bergman here. Uh, let me give you the number one more time to call 800-516-1220. Or you can email me at planyourestateradio, all one word, at gmail.com. Before the break, I was talking about estate planning 
and uh, basically uh, questions to ask yourself about uh, that would actually lead to considering planning. I have people come to see me, and and, uh, maybe a couple comes in. They're in their 20s. They just had their first child, and they ask me, Bob, is it really necessary for us to have an estate plan? Um, I mean, we're young. I mean, we're young, healthy. Do we need to have a plan? What I point out to them is there is no thing that is certain in life other than life is uncertain. And what I mean by that is that healthy 25-year-old could be in an accident tomorrow, could suffer a, a stroke or a heart attack. Um, I actually had a, a good friend of mine many years ago, someone that I, I adored, um, female friend of mine, and um, another good friend of mine was her best friend. And she actually got up one morning, uh, 26 years of age, and she had an aneurysm, and she got up, and one moment she was alive, and the next moment she was dead. You, you, you cannot predict what's going to happen in the future, and especially if you've got the couple that now has a child or children involved. We need to worry about what's going to happen to those that, that child or those children. Who's going to care them? Who's going to raise them? Who's going to look out for whatever property they're going to inherit? I'll tell you, I have clients in their 20s and 30s here in Santa Clara County that are worth quite a bit of money, and they have homes, and they have retirement plans, and they have life insurance through work and investments. And, um, and of course, they have a little bit of the I'm going to live forever syndrome going there. But I'll tell you what, putting a plan in place actually does bring peace of mind because you're now exercising some control over what happens to you and your property if you become incapacitated and maybe more importantly what happens to your property in relation to your spouse your partner or your children or other heirs after you've gone now as i mentioned earlier in the show most people are not affected by the federal estate tax it's a very very high exemption right now so i don't really even spend a lot of time talking about that in the seminars that i do in my office and i certainly don't spend a lot of time talking about it in general when i'm meeting with people what i'm much more concerned about is different pieces of the estate planning puzzle that maybe need to be discussed and at least looked at we've got various legal documents which i'll cover a little bit later in this segment we may have things like long-term care insurance which you can get to provide for some or all the cost of a nursing home stay in the future they uh, of course the younger you are when you get it the less expensive it is Of course, a lot of people when they're younger don't see the need, but there's different types of long-term care insurance, including insurance that is life insurance that converts to long-term care insurance to make payments uh, to cover that cost. And and if you don't ever need it for long-term care, then it's life insurance that's paid to your family when you pass away. Life insurance in general is something that should be part of estate planning, especially if you have liabilities that have to be paid off especially if you have one person who's the breadwinner and if they were to die or become incapacitated, suddenly there's not enough income there to uh, take care of the family. Tied in with that is the disability insurance. Some employers offer it. 
there's some state disability insurance, but maybe private disability insurance would make more sense for you. Then there's retirement funds like 401ks and 403bs and IRAs and all those things. Those are special types of assets that may need special planning done for them because of the way they're treated after somebody has passed away. I do seminars on that subject. In fact, thought I'd let you know right now, I do have in my office tomorrow morning, that's May 19th, starting at 9 o'clock, I have my Living Trust Seminar. And then at 10.30, I have my Retirement Plan Trust Seminar all in my office. If you would like to come to one of the, one or both of those seminars, shoot me a quick email at planyourstateradio at gmail.com and I'll make sure to reserve a space for you before they all run out. You can also go to eventbrite.com, search for Living Trust Seminar and Retirement Plan Trust Seminar, and you can actually register through Eventbrite as well. Uh, space is limited, so if you'd like to come, let me know right away so I can make sure that you have a spot. Another thing that we may need to plan for are public benefits. Public benefits. Now, when you turn 65, you get Medicare as your health insurance, primary health insurance. You can have various parts of the Medicare after that to cover prescription drugs and supplemental insurance to cover the shortfall between Medicare and the cost of your actual care. But public benefits could also include if if you become incapacitated or if you have a family member that is incapacitated, you may have a special needs family member and we need to actually look at that and make sure that proper planning is done for those people as well. Now, a good estate plan. What is a good estate plan? First of all, it's well thought out. And by that, I mean you don't just sit down for five minutes, fill out a will form or something and go, there, I've done my planning and I don't have to think, think about it ever again. It takes time to really go through all the different issues that should be covered in estate planning. Um, I do a comprehensive series of worksheets just for that reason, for people to complete at home and come back in, and we do a design together in my office, and come up with what the plan should say and why it should say what it says. And that's a comprehensive plan. We don't want to leave things to chance we want to make sure that we have planned for contingencies that could happen in future. And we want to make sure that your plan not only does all of the technical good stuff, but it also is designed to achieve your personal goals and objectives during your lifetime and then when things are passed on to whomever you wish to receive your property after you've died. Now, a bad estate plan, first of all, as you might imagine, it's one that's not thought out very well, and it does not plan for things that are unthinkable. Uh, I will tell you that sometimes the unthinkable or inconceivable thing that you imagine could never possibly happen, well, occasionally it does happen. And if there's no planning for it, there's a hole in the estate plan. And I'll tell you, in my experience, whenever there's a hole in an estate plan, whether it's a hole in the will where something's not dealt with, 
or a hole in the trust where something's not dealt with, there's only one place that you can go to patch or repair that hole, and that's to go into the probate court in your county and ask the judge to make the repairs. That's not something that can be done by your executor in a will or your successor trustee in a trust. It's not something that can be done by the family on its own. It's going to take court action, which means pretty much hiring an attorney to help you to fix those. So if you have a plan that is not prepared for unlikely things, that's not a good estate plan. That's a bad estate plan. A plan that doesn't work to preserve the property that you own is a bad plan. And that includes preserving things like the um, exclusion from reassessment of property taxes for your real estate here in California. That's a big one. And also making sure that properties passed on whenever possible so that it gets a new value for cap gains income tax purposes after you've died. So that if the family sells the property, they don't end up incurring income tax to the federal government and the state of California. And then another way an estate plan is bad is if it does not work to preserve harmony or cooperation between the family members. I'll give you an idea what I'm talking about there. I have clients that come in and they'll tell me, okay, we have three children and we want all three of our children to be the co-trustees together if we become incapacitated or after we die. So we want them to work together. We want to make them work together. And then I ask the inevitable question, do your children get along? A lot of times there's a long pause and then it comes out. Well, actually, our oldest son, Johnny, um, can't stand our middle son, David, and neither one of them can stand Judy, our daughter. And Judy hates them as well. So it's mutual hatred. They don't get along. They fight all the time. We can't even really have family get-togethers anymore without them fighting over everything. So then I ask, if they're fighting now, what makes you think that they're going to magically get along just because you've thrown them together and say you have to work together to handle things when mom and dad are incapacitated or they've died. The reality is in a situation like that, that couple would be better served by going out interviewing and hiring for the future in their estate plan a professional trustee or maybe even the trust department of a bank to handle things for them because otherwise the kids are going to tear each other apart. So we're coming up on the last segment of the show and I'll be right back. This is attorney Bob Bergman. Now back to plan your estate radio. Once again, your host, estate planning trust and probate law specialist, attorney Bob Bergman. Well, welcome back. Here we are at the last segment of the show today. I'm looking and I see that uh, Mickey's little hand is on the three and here his big hand is a little bit past the 10 on my watch. 
I actually have a Mickey Mouse watch that I picked up at a local store. They have a special selection of Disney things, and I've been wanting to get another Mickey Mouse watch because I had one when I was a kid, and now I've got have one as an adult here. And it's kind of the old school, 1940s Mickey, not the uh, the more uh, modern Mickey Mouse. And uh, I wear it with pride, and every time I look at it, it makes me smile and remember that I'm a kid. So, before the break, I was talking a bit about um, good planning and bad planning. So, what are some of the consequences of, of bad planning or no planning at all? Well, I've already mentioned you might need a conservatorship. You might have to go to court to have someone put in charge of you and your property. Another thing is, if you don't have the proper medical and health care documents in place, then your wishes about your medical care and treatment, including even where you'd want to live and maybe even what food you'd want to eat, they may not be carried out at all. Then if you have to go through the probate process, if you have no plan at all, then the law of California, called the laws of intestate succession, meaning intest meaning intestate meaning no will, that will decide who receives your property and um, in what percentages or proportions. And you might be surprised at how property gets distributed if you uh, have property that you inherited and then you pass away, have a spouse and you have kids. It's actually going to be divided between your spouse and your kids, even if your mom that left it to you said, I want to make sure that this property gets passed on to my grandkids. Well, you know what? Without a plan, that's not necessarily going to happen. And then the court's going to decide without any input from you who's going to raise your children who are underage. Now, underage, I should say minor. I consider underage to be 25 years and under. But minor children are 18 years and under. And um, and if you don't give any input to the court, the court is left going by whoever happens to apply to be the guardians to take care of your kids. And that could very easily be two different sets of grandparents fighting in court over who gets to raise the kids. And who knows? You may want neither set of grandparents to be in charge of raising your kids for whatever reason, but if the court doesn't have that information, court will decide without any input from you who's going to raise your children. And if you have a larger estate, or if you maybe have a modest estate, but you have a child that's been very, very successful and is quite wealthy, you may end up with having your heirs incur estate taxes that are completely unnecessary with proper planning. Um, and then maybe that very wealthy child of yours actually end up with an estate tax problem when, when, when he or she dies because of the way you left the property to them. Now, there's a lot of different legal documents that might be prepared in an estate plan. Um, most of the planning I do involves living trusts. Uh, we also prepare a will or will called a pour-over will that that uh, supports the living trust. It actually directs property to go into the trust if there's property that's in your name when you die or payable to your estate when you die. Um, and then we want to make sure it gets into the trust. There is a financial durable power of attorney. That's to give authority to people to act for you in reference to anything that does not involve property owned by your trust. That includes things like retirement plans. 
It includes things like dealing perhaps with stock options or restricted stock units at your employer. It would include dealing with the court system on your behalf, dealing with all the various government agencies such as Medicare, Medi-Cal, Uh, the Veterans Administration, the DMV, the IRS, the Franchise Tax Board, all of those things. Then you have the Advanced Healthcare Directive for medical decisions, and um, the directive is a healthcare power of attorney and also a directive to your doctors how you would want your care to proceed medically if you no longer have somebody uh, that can speak for you in your advanced directive. If you are a business owner, you might have a business succession plan. Who's going to take over your business? If it's family members, how is that going to happen? How are you going to leave it to them? If you're remarried or remarrying, you might actually have a prenuptial agreement or a marital agreement after the marriage to sort out who gets what when one of you passes away or if your marriage ends at some point through divorce. So there's a lot of different things involved in estate planning. And I urge you, um, come to my seminar if you can tomorrow. Um, Either um, email me at planyourstateradio at gmail.com. You could also go to my website at lawbob.com. And at there, you can actually click through and register for one or both of my seminars tomorrow morning. I think you'll find them informative and great value in helping you sort out just what is this estate planning that Bob is talking about And is it something that I should be doing? I hope you've enjoyed the show today. And uh, and as always, you can contact me at lawbob.com, planyourstateradio at gmail.com. You can call me at 408-247-0444. And I'm happy to talk with you, respond to your questions or comments, and generally um, work with you to help you do the planning. So that's all for today. For Plan Your Estate Radio, I'm attorney Bob Bergman, and I hope you have a great weekend. And maybe I'll see you tomorrow at one or both of my seminars. Thanks. You've been listening to Plan Your Estate Radio with estate planning attorney Bob Bergman. For more information on today's program or to schedule a consultation, visit lawbob.com where you'll also find information on his upcoming estate planning seminars. L-A-W-B-O-B, lawbob.com. Or call his office in San Jose, 408-247-0444. That's 408-247-0444. And be sure to tune in next week for more Plan Your Estate Radio. Opinions expressed in the preceding program do not necessarily represent the views of the ownership, staff, or management of this station and are for informational purposes only and should not be construed to be legal, financial, or tax advice. Seek appropriate legal advice regarding your particular situation. Attorney Bob Bergman does not offer any guarantees with regard to the outcome of your legal matter. Prior results in other cases do not guarantee a similar outcome in your case. All rights reserved. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn. 
deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.